Welcome to the Patient Partner Innovation Community Podcast, a podcast created to inform patients, families, and caregivers about important health transformation topics. Since the 2001 Crossing the Quality Chasm Report by the Institute of Medicine, our nation's healthcare system has recognized its need to improve quality of care by way of six important aims that make healthcare safe, efficient, effective, patient-centered, timely, and equitable. But we cannot hope to cross this chasm and achieve these aims until we make fundamental changes to the whole healthcare system. All levels of this work require dramatic improvements from the patient's experience. So this podcast is dedicated to you, the voices most underutilized resource in healthcare, our patients' voices. Welcome, and we hope you enjoy the Patient Partner Innovation Community Podcast. Hi, I'm Dr. Natasha Washington, president and founder of ATW Health Solutions and sponsor for the Patient Partner Innovation Community. Follow the PPIC community online at atwhealth.com. Well, hello, everyone, and thank you for tuning in to Patient Partner Innovation Community Podcast. I'm your host today, Desiree Collins-Bradley. And so, you know, over these past couple weeks, these podcasts that you guys have been tuning in, we've been really focusing on a resource project called Serious and Now Too Serious. And so I kind of wanted to rope in Dr. Natasha Washington from ATW Health Solutions, who is our partner and sponsor that you guys know pretty well. But this is really her brainchild. And so I kind of wanted to bring her in the conversation and let her set the stage of what this is and why she even thought about this model of serious and too serious. So Natasha, why don't you introduce yourself to our listeners? They know you, but maybe some of those that are just tuning in today for the first time may not know you. So how about you go ahead and introduce yourself to our listeners? Hey, good morning. And thank you for, (laughs) thank you for making some time for me, uh, Desiree. I am um, Natasha Washington. I am president and CEO of HEW uh, Health Solutions. HEW Health Solutions is a small women minority owned um, business that we, where we focus on quality improvement um, and healthcare transformation centered around health equity and patient family engagement. So the PPIC, uh, you know, community is uh, uh, really, uh, you know, special to, to, us in, in our work because it gives us an opportunity um, to make certain that the voice of patients um, are very much attached to the work that we do. And so even as we talk today about series, we'll talk about, you know, how PPIC is, is playing a role, an active role um, in, in helping us keep the patient at the center of this transformation work that we're doing. So thank you for having me. Awesome. Awesome. So, you know, I just kind of want to dive right into it. So I know that before I came on board, you guys had done serious and I'll let you kind of give a little bit of background about that. But I also kind of want you to tie in where we are today. So we forwarded a few years and now we're hitting the ground running with two series. So how about you kind of explain to our listeners what was serious and then what is too serious? 
Yeah, so um, thanks for asking. So CERIS is, and, and the acronym C-E-E-R-I-A-S actually um, stand for Community Engagement for Early Stroke Recognition and Immediate Action in Stroke. Um, and so that project actually began um, here in Chicago, where we are based. Uh, two of my colleagues, uh, Dr. Neelam Agarwal and Dr. Sean Prabhakaran. So Dr. Prabhakaran actually was the um, principal investigator. He's the primary investigator for the original um, series uh, study that was funded by PCORI. Uh, back in 2015. Uh, Neelam Agarwal, who, so Dr. Rockerin at the time was over at Northwestern. He's now at University of Chicago, um, and he chairs their uh, neurology um, division. And then uh, Neelam Agarwal, who is over at Rush, um, and a well-known um, community-based uh, uh, physician um, also is a neurologist and a specialist um, in this area of stroke, basically uh, reached out to me uh, to partner with them when they were pulling together that original series um, uh, work. And I'll never forget the, you know, the conversation that we had because of the very large you know, um, internationally known um, academic, you know, organizations that they work for. One of my major concerns was that um, the way in which they were going to design the patient family engagement and or community engagement work was not really going to be highly impactful or strong. Um, and having worked with big, large institutions like that before, I had some real concern about whether or not they truly were going to allow um, the voices for, from the community to be represented um, in an effort to move their research forward. And so I raised that as a concern to them um, in our initial conversations um, and basically said, well, I am your partner if you're willing to allow me to lead the, in, the engagement strategy and to really do it in a meaningful way and that you're willing to partner with me in that meaningful way to execute and, and operationalize it. And uh, they agreed to do so. And what I can tell you is, is from that time to this one, they have completely shown um, their commitment, not only to the research, but their dedication to improving stroke outcomes in um, not only Chicago, but, you know, across, across, you know, uh, across the states and, and internationally. So um, they are really committed to this work, and I'm excited um, to have, have, uh, have started with them. The, the Cirrus project, when I think about, you know, why we um, uh, launched it or why it even began, it began because of some prior research that had been done um, in the, um, around 2010. That prior research showed that in the state of Illinois, we were actually seeing more deaths and disabilities um, as a result of stroke among the African-American community. And we know the stroke has historically had dis disproportional impact or effects on minorities and disadvantaged populations where we see higher incidences of stroke 
um, and we see worse outcomes. But what we didn't understand was, was the why. And as we looked at, you know, the number of facilities that we have to treat stroke, as we looked at our legislation here um, in the state of Illinois, we recognized that those pieces were in place However, the community were, was not activating the system. The community was not, um, they were not being seen timely. And we wanted to understand why patients, why African-American and Latino patients were not being seen timely. And so that early 2010 research basically gave us a heck of a lot of information um, that exposed some of the realities of what real people face in their homes. Uh, people don't call 911 because of their fear of the police coming, you know, to their home and, and what might happen as a result of that. Um, real people don't call 911 because they know that in doing so, they're going to get hit with a thousand dollar bill from yes. the local fire department, you know, from that local fire department um, because they've called 911, whether or not, you know, it truly is a stroke or not, right? Um, yeah. People were not calling 911 because they didn't know for sure if they were really having a stroke, right? Well, if you never go to care, then you're never able to qualify whether you're really having a stroke or not. And then, of course, if you're really not having a stroke, but yeah. yet you still owe these people $2,000, $3,000, $4,000, mm -hmm. whatever that might be, that people were reluctant to do so. And so what we learned from real people was is that African-Americans and Latinos, because of all the other barriers, social determinants that we know exist, um, you know, within our households, that when it came to stroke and activating the system and getting to care timely, that it wasn't happening for a number of behavioral type reasons. And so we saw after really um, uh, breaking some of those myths, breaking down some of those myths, getting people real information, getting the community activated around the signs and symptoms of stroke by educating them and then seeing if we can improve outcomes. So that's really how all of this began. Wow. And you know, that that's powerful. You know, you touched on a couple of points and, and I just want to reiterate the fact that with this series, the first series, it's almost the community kind of is shaping the narrative and the research, which I really, really love, especially from the patient partner space. And so now we fast forwarded into 2020, mm -hmm. 1920, mm -hmm. COVID is hit. Mm -hmm. Although COVID is hit, people are still having strokes. Mm -hmm. And so tell us, you know, we're taking too serious now virtual, right? Before yes. it was kind of in-person community engagement, which due to COVID-19, can't quite do it. And a lot of people, I would say healthcare systems, you know, advocacy organizations, they kind of put all their PFE stuff on hold and say, okay, COVID-19, we can't do it. It's on hold. But you were like, no, COVID-19 mm -hmm. is here, but it's time to take this to the next level. So could yeah. you tell us a little bit about the new shift, I would say, with Too Serious? Yeah, absolutely. So the original um, series uh, project, when we activated folks in the community, what we did was is we, um, there were 247 um, individuals that we selected. And these were individuals that I identified either uh, via their network, via relationships. So they were well-known pastors, they were business leaders, they were hairstylists, they were barbers, um, they were educators, teachers, so on and so forth. And all of this really, to your point, 
standpoint came from the community. So the community basically told me, hey, Natasha, here's who we listen to, right? So when I asked them the question, um, who are the folks that you get your trusted you know, um, messaging from, and if we were to do something around stroke, who are the primary people, you know, that you would want, that you would receive the information from and actually do something about it, right? Because it's not just hearing what somebody said, it's actually acting it out, right? So um, they told, uh, you know, they said to me, it's, it's the teachers, it's our kids, our kids, you know, come home because of things that their teachers have taught them. Um, and this was primarily the, the Latino community. They said, you know, uh, when my children are in school, what they're learning when they come home in the home setting, they are uh, mostly the uh, individuals that are really helping us um, to understand what we should be doing as it relates to medical emergencies, things of that nature. And so we trust um, that our teachers are training our children, you know, to respond um, and to know when to call 911, et cetera. Um, they said, you know, our pastors, our pastors are trusted voices. They said, you know, our firefighters and so on and so forth. And so we identified 247 um, individuals. We bought those individuals into a training session, a one-day training session. That one-day training session was actually hosted by um, both Neelam and Sean and myself. Neelam and Sean taught them um, all the clinical aspects that you need to understand about stroke how it occurs, what happens when it occurs, where you should go as a result thereof, um, really broke it down so that people had a fundamental understanding of why stroke is so time sensitive. And in that training, you know, folks un understood the reason why it's so critical, right, to respond to stroke within that three to four hour window of an onset of a stroke. Um, and so through that training, um, individuals went back out into their respective networks in the community, whether it's, you know, the church picnic and the, um, you know, the school, the, uh, the kids basketball game or setting up a table. I've went to nightclubs, you know, where folks were having birthday parties and we set up a table to tell people about stroke. I mean, we were everywhere. Wow. Neil and Sean will tell you, we, they'd get up in the morning and they go to early morning service with me at seven o'clock and we get in the pulpit <laughs> and, and talk about stroke. And so we were all over the community here in Chicago um, telling people, people about the signs of stroke. Well, COVID, to your point, has hit. And um, we now can't engage at that level, right? So my church, you know, they send out an email and only so many people can even get in the sanctuary, you know, on, on, um, you know, on a regular basis. And so most of that work now is being, doing, being done in a virtual environment. And so recognizing the results of what we were able to accomplish uh, from the first um, series project, because all of that community engagement work basically resulted in more people, meaning young, most, more, mostly black um, men, younger people were actually getting to the hospital in a timely fashion. So what that means is, is as a result of our work, people were beginning to get care more timely. And that's exactly the outcome that we wanted. Uh, but with COVID, how do you now continue that? And I could tell you our first research project ended back in 2019, uh, I'm sorry, 2018, 2020, people are still talking about serious. People are still, you know, sharing signs and symptoms of stroke. 
But now that we're not able to engage in that way, which is that traditional community engagement way, how can we now do it in a virtual platform, henceforth the birthing of two series. So all of this work that we're doing now, we are now um, converting and testing our research um, in this virtual environment. So now that we're going virtual, so guys, you know, one of, I would say, an ask that from us, from two series and PPIC is, we want you to go to the Two Serious website. So that's www, the number two, C-E-E-R-I-A-S dot com and take the pledge, Pack to Act Fast. Natasha, why don't you tell them a little bit about the pledge? You know, yeah. I've given you guys a website. Let's tell them about the pledge. What is the pledge yes. to Pack to Act Fast? Yes, yeah, so the pledge is critically important. Here's the here's the short version. PACTAC Fast is a standardized pledge. It's a pledge language, basically, um, and it's executed by real people, people like you, people that belong in the PPIC community. Just 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 everybody needs to know about PACTAC Fast. <laughs> um, and it and it really what it does is it helps you to understand why you should call 911 if you witness some witness someone having a stroke. Um, and then what happens is, is as you take the PEC to act fast, that's our way of counting how many people have gotten information around the signs and symptoms of stroke. And so this pledge data, we collect that and track it. So we look at this data to look at all the zip codes, right, that have taken the pledge. We measure, we measure like engagement um, and the impact, you know, for our community-based studies. So if to Desiree's point, if you can go to the two series um, website, um, scroll down to the pledge, you will see it there. And essentially in taking the pledge, what you're doing is, is that you're saying, I now understand the signs and symptoms of stroke. And I attest that I will call 911 if I witness someone having a stroke, or if I believe that I'm having a stroke, that these are the steps that I will take. And then it goes on further to um, explain what FAST is. And FAST basically is the representation of um, the signs and symptoms of stroke. So I urge you guys, share this with your community, share this with your family, your friends, your your church community, share it, share it, share it, because, you know, sh sharing is caring. I mean, I... No, no, you guys know that my mom has been, uh, had multiple strokes and is now pretty much disabled due to that. And I wish that I had had this information a whole lot sooner because, you know, we've heard stories of community members that were on a bus and saw someone, saw the signs and symptoms of stroke and was able to intervene and get these particular people help sooner. Um, you guys will hear as the next upcoming weeks and episodes to follow in this two series series from all the subject matter experts on our team. So you'll get a little bit more insight of the clinical aspect. You guys are going to hear some patient stories. You're going to hear from our CAB members, which are community advisory board members of our two series. So you guys will hear all aspects of our two series, series projects. So be tuning in for more and more information and please share this with your community. So Natasha, as we, you know, kind of wrap up and get to the end, what do we hope to see with two series? We're kind of getting ready to hit this 90, can 90 day campaign running. Mm -hmm. what, what do we hope to see with two series? 
Well, let me say this. The first thing is I think that, um, well, not I think. I know this beyond a shadow of a doubt. I know that two series has been the most impactful research that I have ever contributed to. And it has demonstrated um, itself because of its longevity and sustainability in the community. Um, there is there aren't too many places that I go to today, and this is years after the first series project, where I might run into a pastor, I'm running into someone who was connected to the work, and you know basically says, you know, we're we thank you for what the research team did in terms of sharing um, this information around series. So this was not you know, superficial research at all, because I, you know, I, I see all the studies that are out there. And at the end of the day, um, you know, you have to ask what kind of impact that we really drive. And in this, there was a really strong impact. And so the first thing that I'm looking for that I'm hopeful to see is us, you know, continuously spreading the message about the signs and symptoms of stroke and about the PACT Act fast. Um, through two series so that we're driving further impact, right? That's like my first thing. But I think the, the other part, if there's any other um, um, connection that I make to the work, it's that, you know, this, our research team has created an educational program that truly was inspired by, created by, owned by patients, community stakeholders, clinicians, and researchers. And I, and I, and I deliberately put it in that order um, because at the end of the day, to the point that I made back in my conversation with Neelam and Shama 2015, is that, you know, I have to own the community engagement and the patient engagement piece of it to make certain that we are creating culturally sensitive um, engagement strategies and that we are convincing people to do this for all the right reasons so that they can own it, right? Um, and that, that's the big piece of it is that the community really did own this project and and so much so that they owned it even after the research was over with right research is over with we've closed the project out and people are still talking about two series people are still spreading the message about series and so um in this um, if there were any other thing that i really want to see out of it is that continued ownership um, of patients, families, communities, members, in particular persons from um, our community, the Black community, and the Latino and our Latino um, colleagues, that we continue to own this work and we continue to advance it forward towards impact. So that's really what I'm looking for. I want us to keep believing in us, meaning that we can we can solve our own problems, right? That right. there are there are issues that we have where we do have some sense of control over our outcome. And mm -hmm. here is a, here's a project that shows that we can drive improvements in our own outcomes when given the right information. And so um, thank you to University of Chicago and Dr. Sean Pavagran, and thank you to uh, Rush um, and uh, Dr. Neelam Agarwal, who have partnered with ATW Health Solutions to launch um, two series in the COVID environment so that we can continue this messaging. So yeah, owning the message, letting our community own the message, own the work, because that's what this is. This is about us and it's for us. It's about us for us. Um, and then number two, when we do it like that, you know, we are truly driving um, impact. So this isn't, you know, um, 
you know, that superficial research, if you will, or superficial, you know, engagement, you know, strategy where we, you know, boast and, 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 and talk about, you know, diversity, um, but we don't really have it. This is really owned by the people, by diverse communities, um, you know, here in Chicago and abroad. And, and they, they will drive the impact and they will drive the results. We're just here to coach. You know, I think this is so timely as it relates to current events, um, the Black Lives Matter movement, you know, institutional racism, systemic racism has reared its ugly head and it's been, you know, it's always been there, but I think it has gained a lot of spotlight in the light of COVID-19 and everything that's going on in, in current events. And so, in community, especially black and brown community, the trust is so broken. Mm -hmm. And I think this is a way to that building block to rebuild the trust. Yeah. Because a lot of times people come in from outside of our communities and want to use us being mm -hmm. totally transparent for yep. what they need. And we don't hear from them again. Yep. Whereas yep. With yep. this, you know, you given that sense of pride, that sense of ownership, rebuilding that trust that yes, I am shaping this research. I am an integral part of the community as a whole. And so I mm -hmm. think this is more timely than ever before. And, okay. you know, one of the things I hope to see is spread. I hope others see this model and share it and say, okay, maybe I can do this in whatever I've got going on in my community. So, you know, I think this is super timely. So any other insights or anything you want to say before we let you go? Well, just uh, make certain that uh, you go to uh, two series. So to the number two, C-E-E-R-I-A-S dot com um, to ensure that you're following us. We are also on all the um, social media platforms. So whether it's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, you name it. If you type in two series with the number two in front, you will locate us. So make certain that you're following our work and then spread to Desiree's point. Make certain that you are sharing that information with your friends. We can never have one too many persons um, promoting good information that drives positive outcomes. Um, and then, of course, continue to follow HW Health Solutions, and that is located at www.a twhealth.com and so we're just excited to um, not only be the platform that um, sponsors this platform but the platform that's sponsoring two series and and just keeping that um, work moving forward so thank you Desiree for making time for me I appreciate it and uh, oh you're welcome you're welcome I'm, I'm excited too and guys wherever you downloaded this podcast whether it's iTunes Spotify Google Play we will have that two serious um, website link there for you. So go back to the description, click that website. It'll take you right to the Pack to Act Fast and we hope to see you there. So as always, guys, you know, I can't get away. She's live with us. So thank you so much, Dr. Natasha mm -hmm. Washington, for partnering with PPIC and sponsoring the work that we're doing in patient partner innovation community. We could not do this without your support. And as always, guys, be engaged. Make certain that you go to uh, two series. So to the number two, C-E-E-R-I-A-S dot com. 
um, to ensure that you're following us. We are also on all the um, social media platforms. So whether it's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, you name it. If you type in two series with the number two in front, you will locate us. So make certain that you're following our work and then spread to Desiree's point. Make certain that you are sharing that information with your friends. We can never have one too many persons um, promoting good information that drives positive outcomes. Um, And then, of course, continue to follow HW Health Solutions, and that is located at www.atwhealth.com. Follow the PPIC community online at atwhealth.com.